freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Welcome back to our number two of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. Well, our theme today is Yankee Doodle Dandy. We have all heard the patriotic song, but did you know that in true American fashion, we took an intended insult and flipped it on its head to become a mantle of pride? The rights restrictors of the 1780s, the English oppressors, used to make fun of the people they saw as their subjects, the American colonists, because they saw us as unsophisticated, simple-minded, and downright deplorable, so to speak. Rights restrictors then as now see our adherence to national pride and constitutional values as silly and offensive, but we liberty-loving patriots, we are not ever going to be kowtowed and silenced because we are indeed this generation's Yankee Doodle Dandies. Well, our next guests are the co-authors of a new book titled, You Don't Know or What You Don't Know Can Kill You, How Most Self-Defense Training Will Put You Into Prison or the Ground. Very interesting. Jenna Meek is one of the authors, once described as a cross between Rambo and Martha Stewart as an author and a firearms instructor specializing in self-defense. She holds credentials from the Masada Ayub Group and the NRA. And Mark McYoung, he's authored over 25 books and videos about crime violence and personal safety. He has taught civilians, police, and military on three continents. He is also a court-recognized expert witness on self-defense, violence reconstruction, knife use, and multiple attackers. Welcome to the show, Jenna and Mark. Thank you. Mark, Thank you much. Awesome. Glad to have you both here. So... I guess I just want to start first with that title. I mean, holy cow, what you don't know can kill you. And that a lot of the self-defense training that we're, we're getting out there maybe isn't the best. So what caused you to, to narrow in on that and, and to write this book? Well, let me take that one. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, people don't realize that if they use their self-defense training or an item, they only have one or two problems. One is that it doesn't work, and two, that it does work. Mm. Yeah. So (laughs) help me understand that. (laughs) Basically what it means is with one, you get hurt. With the other one, you get arrested for self-defense. Yeah, and that's something people don't think about because in the movies, you know, the good guy gets up, dusts himself off or herself off, and walks on into the sunset, heads on back to their mm-hmm. normal life. You're, and you're saying it doesn't usually work that way. No, it doesn't, because if you claim self-defense, you're actually admitting to the elements of a crime, and you can't say, I didn't do it. Mm-hmm. So you have to be able to protect yourself on that front, 
and know how to explain how you reasonably believed and had prior knowledge to about the danger that you faced. Mm, gosh, you know, it's a tricky, it really is a tricky thing, isn't it? I mean, as simple as, you know, when you call 911, because every single every single thing you say is being recorded right from the beginning and don't they say that anything you say can and will be not used to help you <laughs> in a court of law <laughs> but will we be used against you in a court of law am i right yes you are so i mean and we're also looking at a situation where most of the information out there is sound bites and wrong about how to handle the aftermath. Hmm. So true. So I do want to talk about the pitfalls that that uh, you, Mark, and you, Jenna, are trying to help people avoid. And so, Jenna, what talk about what some of those pitfalls are specifically? Oh, there's so many, and I know we're crunched for time, but mm-hmm. just to list a few, um, we want to help people to recognize and avoid crime and violence. So. My goal is not for my students to ever win a gunfight. It's for them not to be in the gunfight to begin with. In the first place, yeah. So if we can keep them on the side of, you know, knowing how this stuff really looks in in real life, it's not like Hollywood, we're doing our jobs. So some of the stuff we talk about in the book addresses that. Mm -hmm. Another thing that we try to keep is for people to um, not get seriously injured or killed. That's knowing when to act, how much to act. Um, so you have to be able to scale force appropriately for the level of threat that you're facing. Mm. Um, too little, and you could get seriously injured or killed. And too much, and you are going to face a, a jury and have to defend your actions to them. And they may or may not be pleased with the fact that you use too much force. Um, and that all brings us to my last point that I wanted to make, is that we're also trying to help people be able to navigate the legal system. Mm-hmm. So you, you need to know when you act that you are going to have to answer for every action you took in that self-defense uh, situation. You know, that is so true. And I think that if that isn't part of people's uh, preparation uh, to have to defend themselves, whether somebody breaks in your house, right? It's a home invasion. Whether you're out at the grocery store, whether you're jogging on a pathway, like you've got to really be. And how much do you, uh, Mark? Back to you. How much credit do you give to sort of playing what if scenarios in your mind uh, as part of like situational awareness? Well, that's kind of a complicated question because what-if questions are very, very important training tool if you keep them based in reality. Okay. If they're viable factors, but if you're talking about what do I do when I'm attacked by 27 oozy-wielding ninjas in a dark alley because of that I'm walking down with $20 bills hanging out my pocket, you've sort of come a little unanchored. Okay, I get you there. Keep it uh, pretty well grounded. Right. If they're grounded in reality, they're really important to ask these questions. And that's why, you know, like with federal um, training scenarios and then with the military, they'll come up, okay, what if these these conditions happen? Mm -hmm. And then they analyze them and learn how to think under those circumstances. Mm -hmm. So it's a very important tool 
But if it doesn't have that anchor, you're off in la-la land. And unfortunately, a lot of training is beyond fantasy land. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just to pair it off of what Mark said is I've heard it explained as a pickup basketball game. Okay. Right, if we know all the all the components of playing basketball, just let us go out there and play the game with the tools that we have. We don't want it scripted because oftentimes the script that we're given isn't going to match the situation we find ourselves in. Okay, very good. That's a, I hear you laughing, Mark. It, I've been in situations um, where all of a sudden you, <laughs> the best answer is think fast, rabbit, because you have to come up with a solution to a problem that you never expected. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we were talking kind of off air about, you know, having a threat assessment model. And, um, you know, I remember one of you had said it doesn't really matter what model you use as long as you have one. So is that kind of like knowing the rules of basketball? That's exactly it. So, you know, there's there's all kinds of threat models out there, whether you use uh, AOJ, um, AOI, Ability Opportunity, Jeopardy, Ability Opportunity, Intent. As long as you know what the rules are and you can script your own game to those rules and be able to articulate um, or explain to the powers that be after an incident has occurred, you're going to be okay. And then, uh, well, go ahead, Mark. Let me bounce off what she just said. Yeah. One of the bigger issues is you have to reasonably believe you're in danger. Mm -hmm. And that is based in what's called prior knowledge. Okay. And that means you need to know these certain behaviors are indicative of danger. And that while it may not be 100% guaranteed, it's common enough that three dudes walking at you in a dark alley and then separating while one one talks to you and the other two try and sur surround you, that's a known danger pattern. Mm -hmm. For and sure. you have to be able to explain that to people who are unhappy with your force decision. Mm -hmm. So the prior knowledge of a threat assessment model, it doesn't matter which one you use, it gives you a way to explain mm -hmm. the danger that you saw external mm -hmm. And not just, I was afraid, I actually saw this action and how you knew that was dangerous. Mm -hmm. No, that's super uh, informative. And, and you're right, like we've got to be able to articulate it. And if we've, you know, thought about it before and studied it before, that will definitely help with that. And we are unfortunately uh, down to our last minute, but I, I want to talk to you guys more. We'll have to bring you back on, but tell folks how they can follow the individual work that you both do, Jenna Meek and Mark MacYoung, and also how they can purchase the book that uh, you co-authored titled What You Don't Know Can Kill You, How Most Self-Defense Training Will Put You Into Prison or the Ground. Jenna, you go first. So our book, the new book, is available on Amazon. Um, you can either search it by title or search it by either one of our names, and you'll, um, that's another way to find out other works that we have published. Um, I have my training website at carryoncolorado.com, and uh, you can link to my blog from there, and um, we're, we're very accessible. Very good. And then Mark? I'm everywhere on the web. Um, <laughs> NoNonsenseSelfDefense.com is my website, or one of them. Um, but I'm on Facebook. I am 
if you spell Mark with a C and do the Scottish Mac, I'm easy to find, Mark Mac Young. <laughs> I love it. All right. Thank you both so much for all the work you're doing to keep people safe and empower people with knowledge and skills for self-defense. Uh, Jenna Meek and Mark Mac Young. Thank you both. Bye-bye Thank now. Thank you, Cheryl. Absolutely. Thank you, Cheryl. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Stick around. We still have more in our Yankee Doodle Dandy show. Coming up after these messages is Tiffany Shedd. She is a 2018 candidate for U.S. Congress in the state of Arizona. Stick around. Hey everybody, this is Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan, world champion gunslinger and Hollywood gun coach. In the Westerns, there's always a good guy and a bad guy and sometimes the ugly guy. And I always root for the good guy, which is why I'm here to tell you about the good folks over at azfirearms.com. They are straight shooters and always give you the best deal in town. azfirearms.com is the biggest little gun shop in Arizona and have something for every single gun enthusiast. Long guns, pistols, hunting, military, law enforcement, home protection, you name it. And when you've got some guns to sell or trade in and trade up, azfirearms.com are the folks to see. Geez, they bought a cannon once. They are family owned and operated, friendly staff, courteous, totally reliable. azfirearms.com will give you the best value for your used guns. So stop in, see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd at azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road and tell them Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan sent you. When you're working hard to beat debt, you've got to think of creative ways to get your income up. Here's an idea. Sell some stuff at auction. Start with locally owned and operated potofgoldestate.com. The owners, Dan and Cheryl Todd, have over 60 years of combined experience in selling antiques, collectibles, guns, coins, and jewelry. And over their many years in business, they've earned the trust of thousands of people just like you. Whether you're saving for a rainy day emergency fund or paying down debt, let potofgoldestate.com help you get the extra cash you need. Potofgoldestate.com will purchase your items outright, or you can consign them to their twice-a-month online auction. Pot of Gold's nationwide online auction is a great place to get top dollar for your collectibles. They specialize in everything from antiques, coins, high-end collectibles, to cars, boats, guns, and more. Get started today at potofgoldestate.com, or visit them off I-10 and Dysart Road in Historic Avondale for some live auction action. For more information, visit potofgoldestate.com. That's potofgoldestate.com. Hey ladies, Cheryl Todd here from azfirearms.com. Many of us ladies are taking the important step of becoming responsibly armed, but it can be an intimidating process. And with all the politics swirling, a first-time gun buyer, whether a guy or a lady, might feel uncertain about where to begin and who to trust. At azfirearms.com, we are a small, friendly, family-owned shop that specializes in first-time gun buyers. We are staffed with knowledgeable people who are ready to help answer all of your questions. My husband and Dan and I pride ourselves on having a safe, no-pressure environment. Once you have decided on a purchase, azfirearms.com partners with professional firearms instructors who will train you to become a responsible, safe, prepared, and proficient gun owner. So ladies and gents, when you are looking for personalized service and a huge selection, come to azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road or visit us on the web at azfirearms.com. 
long war than we fought and won, the British were defeated. And Yankee Doodle was the master which their troops repeated. Yankee Doodle, keep it up. Yankee Doodle, dandy. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. And sometimes we dance a little jig in the studio because... <laughs> yeah, and I'm going to change my name. <laughs> yeah? Yankee Doodle Danny. Oh, I like it. I like it. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. Well, we are glad you're here with us today, and if you've missed any portion of our show, please check out GunFreedomRadio.com, click the On Demand tab, and binge listen to your heart's content, all 123 other episodes posted there. And if you want to put a face with a voice, click the Guest tab. We have photos and bios and links to the works that all of our guests Uh, that we've ever had on here have done. It's a tremendous resource, and and we don't hate it when you spend some time hanging out there. So, all right, check all that out. We are excited for our next guest, Tiffany Shedd. She is the 2018 candidate for U.S. Congress for the state of Arizona, has roots in Arizona's 1st Congressional District dating back over 100 years. And Tiffany is an avid shooter and firearms enthusiast. Welcome to the show, Tiffany. Thank you. This is great. I'm super excited to have you on. And, um, you know, it's people, we have a nationwide show. So there's somebody sitting there in Wyoming right now going, why do I care about what's happening in politics in Arizona? And I want to say that what happens in one state definitely impacts other states. Uh, and I know that that is one of the reasons that you are so adamant about protecting Arizona because we have encroachment coming from the West constantly from California. Am I right? We do. And Arizona has long been a beacon of gun rights, uh, freedom, individuality. And, uh, you know, we're the state of Goldwater that birthed the conservative revolution. And I think that one reason we're being so targeted by liberals trying to change our state into California is they know that if we fall, other states are likely to fall, like Wyoming, Montana, Idaho, etc. And um, and the other thing, too, is if you're in, in at least in Wyoming, uh, we, us Arizonans, do a lot of shooting up there in the summer. <laughs> <laughs> That's a true story, right? So we, we yeah. like to play nice with our, our neighbors, even if we're separated by a, a couple of states. But You know, Tiffany, there are a lot of politicians who talk the talk about the Second Amendment, but they usually say things like, you know, I'm a gun owner, but. And then the minute they say that, but they know, we know that they really, they're equivocating. Um, But you seem to truly walk the walk. So talk to us about what I mean by that. Well, you know, it's funny because I didn't start out in politics, but I have been a shooter my whole life. And um, about 13 years ago, um, SC Scholastic Clay Target Program, there was no place for youth shooting, so we donated 160 acres of our farm uh, to be the youth shooting range. And we've, my husband, I'm an NRA certified shotgun instructor, a 4-H certified youth pistol instructor. We've literally run hundreds of kids and built this huge shooting program. Um, we've had national champions uh, in multi-disciplines through the years. And, and so our family, we've got a couple of things. 
So first of all, we shoot for fun. Like this is what we do as a family. And then secondly, um, I also live um, on a trail going up from the Mexican border where we have drug traffickers, human mm. smugglers, and, um, and quite a way f- from services. And as a you know woman living on a farm, really would like, you know, I understand what we mean about protection. Mm-hmm. And I actually, I really love our Constitution mm-hmm. and think that we need to make sure we're following that. And that Second Amendment is the fail-safe amendment for the entire Constitution. And so, yeah, I'm probably all in on the gun thing. Um, I don't know that there's many buts for me. <laughs> um, and uh, I feel that, you know, we we want to take a constitutional right from, you know, American citizens who are law-abiding um, because of uh, actions, you know, of a few bad actors. And that's just never going to be okay with me. Absolutely. So what I love so much about what you just said is that legacy piece that is so much what our show is about. And, and for Dan and I, we're small business owners and our daughter works for us. So we're already, you know, thinking that we're going to hand the keys over to her, the keys to our business, the keys to the country, the keys to the, to the future, right? And you actually right. donated, like you sacrificed 160 acres. I mean, that's incredible for that legacy piece to empower the youth of tomorrow or the youth of today, the, the adults of tomorrow, uh, to learn yeah. the discipline involved in the shooting sports and, um, you know, this, the, all that comes into play with that. And I, I really appreciate that. Well, thank you. And, you know, one of the things that's really cool and people don't realize, you know, is that when you teach youth to shoot, first of all, you're putting a lot of trust and responsibility which is something I think we don't necessarily do with our kids that they need have, you know, need in their life. But usually, even families that might be pro Second Amendment, but they're uncomfortable with just the handling of a firearm and how to get into it. You know, we we go through, we teach the kids. Next thing you know, their parents are coaches, grandma and grandpa are out there, and it becomes <laughs> a family building activity. And uh, you know, it's a lot of fun. And I I think that you know we need to focus on. There's literally thousands of teenagers, well, nine and up, um, Mm. shooting firearms in this country at a competitive level and doing so safely and responsibly. Like, we never hear that message. We don't. And I've been at um, world, you know, national championships with 4,000 kids with shotguns. Never once. They're so much safer than the adults usually as far as, you know, just gun safety, muzzle flashing, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And so we just don't hear that side of the story. We hear about the one bad actor. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, this is what a lot of kids, not everybody plays soccer. This is what kids like to do, and especially in the West. So true. So, you know, we touched on the Second Amendment, which is firearms, um, which is constitutional. We touched on the immigration and border security issues. Um I, I'm sure that you differentiate from your opponents in both of those areas, but in what other ways would you uh, say that you are unique, uh, uniquely qualified for the position that you are uh, running for? Well, you know, one of the things is my background. I'm a, I'm a farmer. I'm a water and natural resource agribusiness attorney. I've lived in rural Arizona. My district is rural Arizona. And I think that, you know, as we become more urbanized, not just in Arizona, but across the nation, we need a strong voice for our rural areas and mines, particularly rural Arizona. But this district has everything from mining to agriculture to timber. And so it's one that you can speak on a variety of subjects. And, and um, you know, you talk about how things 
you know, how people have become. But I think that a lot of rural Arizona, people could learn from the way we still do things, the way we're independent, the way we um, are good stewards of our resources. You know, I'm sitting literally in the marina stockyards waiting to go in and talk in the ring, you know, watching cowboys moving horses mm-hmm. <laughs> while I'm doing a gun show interview in Phoenix. So it's <laughs> it's, it's kind of cool district. And uh, I think the differentiation is I have signed the fronts of paychecks for the last 30 years for people. I'm a small business owner, um, and I'm an, I have natural resources, which is a huge issue. And I'm the one, I'm not from Tempe, which is, you know, in Phoenix, out of this rural district. Um, my business isn't, you know, they have a choice. They can vote for a man who owns a ta- runs a talent agency in Phoenix, um, someone who lives out of the district, or they can vote for somebody that literally has invested their entire life whether it's you shooting sports, whether it's agriculture, charity, law, in this district. Everything I own is in this district, and it's been the greatest place on earth to be raised, and I want to make sure that it stays that way for my children and my grandchildren. Wow. That's, I mean, true investment. And, uh, you know, you're, you're really, you've got your roots in the ground, and you've got your eyes on the future. And I, I don't know what more people could really hope for and look for. Um, but we're nearly out of time. I just want to be sure that we've given folks a chance to really understand more about your campaign, uh, that campaigns are run on volunteer, the energy of volunteers and uh, the, the dollars of donations. And if people want to get behind that and help to secure our, our, our constitutional rights and prevent against the encroachment coming from our neighboring states, how could they uh, tap into your, your campaign and help out with those things? Well, the easiest way is if they go online, it's SHED, S-H-E-D-D, like the building in your backyard, but fancy with two Ds, <laughs> F-O-R, congress.com. And on there, you know, we have Facebook, we have Twitter, um, and, and that's probably the easiest way to link in um, at, the, at the beginning and see what we stand for. Um, I'm pro-Second Amendment, and it's not because it, and there is no but after that. Um, you know, I've been in the shooting world a long time, dealt with regulations. Because that's where I think that our Second Amendment rights are going to be challenged is through regulation, not necessarily open laws, and, mm-hmm. um, whether it's ammo and gunsmithing, et cetera. And so, um, you know, that's a great place to check us out. Um, we have six days until the primary. Um, this is a chance for rural Arizona, for gun owners across America to literally have somebody that is actually a, not just a gun owner because I'm running for Congress, but has spent a <laughs> lifetime in the gun world uh, mm-hmm. and will not, you know, regardless of who writes me a check um, or who says it's cool, I am never going to assault the Second Amendment. Fantastic. I, I just love all of that. And I, I wish that more um, politicians, uh, you know, were public servants and really did understand that, uh, you know, without our constitutional rights being upheld, because everybody puts their hand on, uh, you know, up in the air and, and swears to the same constitution. You know, there's not a left and a right constitution, a Democrat and a Republican constitution. Um, and it sounds like you get that and that you're going to, you know, support that. And, and I really wish you luck with your, your efforts there, Tiffany. And we'll have to have you back on when you are uh, a new U.S. Congresswoman. 
That would be great. And I'm always uh, open to, you know, my fellow shooting enthusiasts and, you know, would love to be able to bring some of our kids that are champions uh, in shooting sports back to the Capitol and show them off a little so people have a different version of what teenagers look like. I love it. Fantastic. Thank you again so much. Tiffany Shedd running for U.S. Congress for the state of Arizona. Thank you, Tiffany. Bye-bye. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. All right. Well, stick around because we still have a husband and wife competitive shooting team, Team Gomez, John and Wanitza. Stick around. Hey everybody, this is Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan, world champion gunslinger and Hollywood gun coach. In the Westerns, there's always a good guy and a bad guy and sometimes the ugly guy. And I always root for the good guy, which is why I'm here to tell you about the good folks over at azfirearms.com. They are straight shooters and always give you the best deal in town. azfirearms.com is the biggest little gun shop in Arizona and have something for every single gun enthusiast. Long guns, pistols, hunting, military, law enforcement, home protection, you name it. And when you've got some guns to sell or trade in and trade up, azfirearms.com are the folks to see. Geez, they bought a cannon once. They are family-owned and operated, friendly staff, courteous, totally reliable. azfirearms.com will give you the best value for your used guns. So stop in, see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd at azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road and tell them Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan sent you. Don Collier here, letting you know that you won't get fool's gold at Potty Gold Auction. They're the genuine article. Potty Gold auctions off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Stop in and see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd in Avondale, Arizona for some live auction action. Or check them out on the web at pottygoldestate.com. The Second Amendment Foundation is the organization that protects our right to keep and bear arms. They defend our rights in courts from coast to coast. Now they need our help. Go to saf.org and join the Second Amendment Foundation today. Dedicated to promoting a better understanding of our constitutional heritage to privately own and possess firearms. Support those who support our Second Amendment rights today. That's saf.org. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. Well, we are excited to have our next two guests on. They are a husband and wife working together. Dan and I know a thing or two about that, but we are not competitive shooters and John and Winitza Gomez are. They are Team Gomez, the only husband and wife shooting team that competes all over the world in the events that they do. Winitza Gomez grew up on a farm in North Thailand, and John Gomez grew up in a small farming town in South Texas. So both farmers, but now they compete in USPSA, IPSC, Three Gun, and other sports. Welcome to the show, John and Wanitza. Hi, Cheryl. 
Thank you for having Thank us. Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. And am I butchering your name, Wanitza? Am I saying it right? Yes. Perfect. <laughs> oh, good, good. Well, uh, as I mentioned, Danny and I do work together, and it's a, its own special kind of uh, blessing, shall we say? <laughs> 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 you know, it's not always easy, but we wouldn't trade it for the world. And I just want to ask you, how is it working with your spouse in the fast-paced and high-pressure world of competing? Uh, it is actually pretty awesome uh, from my perspective. I don't know, Wanda, you feel the same way? Yeah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> good. <laughs> I feel awesome and... But it's it's one of those things where it's uh you know we got each other's back obviously yeah. being husband and wife and being our team basically so it's one of those things where you know one of us is having an off day the other one's there for encouragement support so on and so forth not only from a teammate perspective but also from a uh, husband and wife you know significant other and best friend perspective type mm -hmm. of thing so it, it's pretty good. Absolutely. Well, we're very similar. You know, uh, I talk a lot on the radio and Dan quietly nods his head in agreement on the other microphones. <laughs> That's what I'm doing right now. That's what I'm doing. Right now. Whatever she says. God, okay. God bless him. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, dear. Exactly. You guys get it. You get it. So, um, yeah. Go ahead. Depending on which country, depending on which country we're talking to, and the people we're talking to, whether it's over in Thailand or Asia or Europe or South America or wherever, uh -huh. you know, uh, it's whether she takes the lead or I take the yeah. lead. Obviously, over in Thailand, I know a little bit of Thai, just mm -hmm. enough to be dangerous, mm -hmm. and that's pretty much it. <laughs> well, in my book, I let her take lead everywhere we go well, because it's safer that way. No, <laughs> I'm not going to disagree with you, except that, like in the gun shop, because we have AZ firearms i don't know the equipment and so that's where i kind of smile and nod my head in agreement because dan that's where dan it's his space you know and so we just really recognize you know each other's areas of expertise and strength and i'm sure as a competitive team you really have to kind of do that as well right absolutely yeah yeah because one is that she has that focus where depending on the stage of the match that we're in, I get overly excited. You know, I'm, I'm just like, you know, Energizer Bunny. I've always <laughs> been that way ever since I was a kid. And Juanita has this very calming demeanor about herself that it just kind of puts me in check where I just sit back and relax and let her focus because I just feed off of her, basically. So she's definitely a huge strength in, in, in our team for sure. <laughs> oh, I love that. You come, baby. Yeah. <laughs> so you two shoot in quite a variety of divisions with a variety of different guns in an event. So how much specialization is there and how much training prepares you for kind of all across the board? Well, a lot of it is dealing with your gear, your firearms, uh, basically your optics and your red dots and yeah. stuff like that. Our gear predominantly is Double Alpha Academy. Our firearms, obviously, are uh, for rimfire. Uh, it's full course and firearms. For USPSA, IPSC is full armory and three-gun and so on and so forth. It's decident arms and our other uh, Vortex optics, so on and so forth. And, uh, so uh, the gear has and our equipment has a lot to do with 
it making it easy to transition from one shooting sport to another shooting sport. Uh, AR style PCC versus an AR, uh, the platform is relatively the same. Pistols with optics or pistols with optics, so on and so forth. So the gear that we use uh, is says a lot about what we're able to do. But Juanita and I have never really had that big of an issue transitioning from a rimfire gun versus centerfire gun versus, you know, so on and so forth, that type of thing. It's kind of just, you don't really think about it too much. We just go out and shoot. Yeah, I just uh, confident make myself and confident what I do. And mm-hmm. I just enjoy and happy and put the power how I can do. <laughs> Then as far as the training goes, of course, dry fire has a lot to do yeah. with it. Live fire, uh, local matches that we go to reinforce a lot of the uh, practicality aspects of things as far as us shooting an actual match. So when we got a, a big match or a major match coming up, whether it be USPSA, IPSC, we haven't shot a whole lot of three-gun this year, unfortunately, but uh, but any major match that we have coming up, it allows us uh, like a week or two, maybe three before the major match comes up, we end up start focusing on what we need to focus on, basically, for that match. Absolutely. So, you know, I'm looking at your bios and I'm seeing that, you know, when it's a, you didn't grow up uh, handling firearms, you were already a teenager before you ever no. handled your first firearm, right? No. Yes. 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 <laughs> I know that uh, my country not really, really, uh, not really use firearm. And, and after I came to America, I scary. And yeah. My husband take me go to the rain, and I feel like my heart is breaking. <laughs> <laughs> she was she was scared. Needless to say, yeah. And after that, and I fear, I why I feel really fear, and I want to stop my uh, feel that, and I step up and I stop my scare, and I want to win myself. <laughs> I love I mean, that. Besides the short brief period in Thailand where she had a recruiting campaign. The Thai army came to her school for a recruiting campaign. She was 13 years old at the time. And she was the, she's just that type of person. If she's scared of something, she's going to hit it head on. Mm-hmm. Nothing's yeah. going to hold her back. She's going to, she's going to conquer that fear. Oh, so that. they ended up saying out of 300 students at her class at her school, they said, who wants to shoot basically a military uh, M16 or an M9? And she was the first one to do it. She raised up her hand and said, I'll shoot it. <laughs> Go you. My body is shaking, my hand <laughs> like a pop off, you know, and, but I, I part at you and I tell my husband, and I'm not scared anymore. Yeah. And yeah. now I really yeah. enjoy, really happy. Really? Yeah, we went to the gun range quite a bit, and uh-huh. then after that, she was like, "Hey, can we go back to the gun range again?" <laughs> so and I was like, "Okay, uh, sure. Why not? Let me go buy some more ammo." And then <laughs> she started saying, "I don't like this gun. I like that gun. I like your gun. I don't like my gun." So <laughs> I want to try this, and, and now it's uh, really, really, uh, uh, it's comfortable to yeah. to. To uh, do many competitions. Yeah. Then we were like, "Hey, what can we do to as a hobby, to just something active for us to do together?" And we tried golf, we tried bowling, we tried all okay. the other stuff mm-hmm. and everything else, and it just wasn't really our thing. So I showed her a USPSA video. Of, uh-huh. It was yeah. Julie was actually shooting on the video, and she was like, "Oh, I want to do that." Yeah. 
I make me it. sad to have a um, good feeling about it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. And you know, I'm I'm sitting here, you know, thinking of the caricature that so many people want to paint of who the Second Amendment supporter is, and uh, you know what diversity when it's a ads to that whole um, situation, you know, born in Thailand, uh, female, uh, just, you're just a, a beautiful uh, person and, you know, challenging yourself to always improve. And I mean, I think that that really is the more proper character, characterization of uh, those that love the second amendment. Um, and then, John, you were almost out of time, but, you know, you were in the Army as well, but you were in the U.S. Army, so thank you for your service to our country. And did you grow up with guns? Oh, yeah, absolutely. On a farm, uh, first time I ever got handed a rifle by my dad was a twenty-two, a Marlin twenty-two, and with a scope on it, and we were just picking off fruit off at distance, and I was probably six, seven years old at the time, maybe. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I just went through the whole gamut as a typical American goes through, <laughs> or, you know, so, somebody like that. Maybe. Absolutely. So how do people follow the work that you do and all the different competitions that you're involved in? As I said, we're, we're talking with and just about to wrap up with John and Winitza Gomez, which are Team Gomez. Talk to us about how people can follow the work you do. Uh, basically, our biggest points are Facebook and Instagram. Uh, Facebook is John and Juanitza Gomez Competitive Shooters, and Instagram is John Juanitza Gomez Shooting, basically. So, Fantastic. Uh, well, thank you so much, both of you, for uh, being on and really, you know, showing us such a fun part of the shooting sports. You know, sometimes we... We get so mired up in the seriousness of it, of the self-defense side and you know, fighting for our Second Amendment rights. But there's such a fun element out there. And I think the two of you just embody that. So thank you so much for being on, John and Winitza Gomez. Thank you for having us. Thank Absolutely. You. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Well, stick around because we still have our Responsibly Armed Citizen Report and Dan's Commentary. Mm. And we're back with Cheryl Todd talking about the huge gun buying event at azfirearms.com. Oh, AZ, I get it, as in Arizona. Yes, but... Oh, or AZ, as in everything from A to Z. Well, yes, that too. But what I'm telling everybody about is that azfirearms.com is having a huge gun buying event to buy your old firearms all across Arizona and everything from A to Z. That's great news. See, my grandpa left me an old shotgun and it's just sitting on a closet shelf at home so I can bring that into azfirearms.com and sell my gun? Absolutely. azfirearms.com buys, sells, trades, and even consigns your old firearms. Any vintage, any style, military, long guns, handguns, hunting, or home protection. Single items or entire collections. We offer the highest value for your used firearms in a safe and friendly environment, staffed by knowledgeable people. AZFirearms.com is Knolltown Avondale off I-10 and Dysart Road. Come on down to the huge gun buying event every day through the end of the month at the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And for all your firearm and ammo needs, visit AZFirearms.com. Come listen to the Self-Defense Gun Stories podcast. Hear about armed civilians protecting people they love. Were they lucky or were they prepared?
Come listen and learn at selfdefensegunstories.com. For straight shooting, look to the biggest little gun shop in the West, azfirearms.com, where they have everything you need to be a safe and responsible gun owner. Huge selection and a friendly and knowledgeable staff. They're my nationwide hometown gun shop, and you should make it yours, too. And when you go, tell them old Don Collier sent you. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. Well, this is the part of the show where we get to celebrate our patriots, our responsibly armed citizens. Never-ending battle for truth. Justice and the American way. Responsibly armed citizens use guns two and a half million times a year for self-defense. And 200,000 times a year, a woman prevents a sexual assault because she was armed. Somehow we never hear these stories on the network news, so we are proud to bring them to you here on Gun Freedom Radio. You know, the things that we do as parents and as adults have profound impact on our children. These things can be subtle and quiet, or they can be loud and violent. One 15-year-old girl in North Carolina demonstrated that she had been impacted by both kinds of influence. The father figure in her home was of the loud and violent variety, while, thankfully, her mother had instilled in her a quiet determination and resolve to not be a victim. Danger doesn't always lurk in the shadows as a stranger. Sometimes danger lives under our very roof, sleeps in the room down the hall, and pretends to be a father figure. Danger is a chameleon who shifts and changes to suit his own selfish desires. And danger's goal is only to have others under his control as his property and his prey. One terrible day recently in North Carolina, Danger decided to take off his mask of pretend fatherhood and lunged at his girlfriend's neck. His size and weight far outmatched hers, and she had no hope of physically fighting him off as he was squeezing and choking her to death. He planned then to murder the woman's three children who were in the home, in the same room as their mother was dying. They witnessed the violence, and they feared for their mother's life and for each other's lives and for their very own lives. And danger would have succeeded in his murderous plans had it not been for the calm resolve and quick thinking of the children, one who got the tool of defense needed to stop danger and the other who used that tool, that firearm, to rescue her mother from the claws of death and stopped danger's fury 
because she was armed and prepared to take action as a responsibly armed citizen. In Forest City, North Carolina, a 15-year-old girl who shot and killed her mother's boyfriend will not be charged, according to the district attorney's office. Rutherford County deputies were called Wednesday night to a home about a shooting. They found Stephen Kelly dead in the home with two gunshot wounds. Deputies learned that Kelly and his girlfriend, Chandra Nearman, and her three children, a son 12 and daughters 15 and 16, had recently moved to the area from Indiana. Investigators determined that Kelly had attacked Nearman and was choking her, yelling that he was going to cut her throat and kill everyone in the house. Nearman's son went and got a gun, and her 15-year-old daughter took the gun from her brother and fired it twice, hitting Kelly in the chest. Deputies said that one of the rounds fragmented and grazed Nearman's 16-year-old daughter in the leg. She was taken to Spartanburg Regional Hospital and was released on Thursday. Deputies said that Nearman had significant bruises from the attack, and they said they learned that Kelly had threatened Nearman repeatedly, and that on August 4th, he assaulted her and fired a gun several times inside the home to threaten and terrorize her. Deputies said Kelly, who was a convicted felon, had multiple guns in the house and frequently carried one. Kelly had two active domestic violence protection orders against him from two different women in Indiana and Ohio. Although no domestic violence or assaults had been reported to law enforcement agencies locally prior to the fatal shooting. Deputies presented the case to the district attorney's office on Friday, and the DA's office concluded, based on the facts and the evidence, that the shooting was justified and no charges will be filed. I, I don't have anything on this one to, to say except first he was a felon mm -hmm. he owned guns hmm. now, well, he that, had access to them at it, least i think in every state it's against the law to own a gun if you're a felon mm -hmm. he also carried he was known to carry the guns hmm. being a felon he had two domestic violence uh, charges against him prior that's another reason not to be allowed to own guns but yet he had guns and you know the most important thing he was not reported to the police. The police did not know that he had these domestic violence charges at another state. Hmm. That's an interesting thing. You know, when they say they want to expand background checks and all that sort of thing, it's like, you know, every, every hole you try to plug, you can't get them all. And so, you know, what do you do about that? Because I am not a fan of... We don't... Of the universal background we don't, check. Let's clear uh, that right now. Idea. We don't. We do not have to expand background checks to fix that problem. What we need need to do is for states to communicate with the other law enforcement states and share the records. Hmm. That's what's not happening. If they would have known that, maybe they'd have been able to stop this prior to that. Because this 15 year old girl, is mm -hmm. going to live with her for the rest of her life. Yes, all of the family. Yes, and um, it's, uh, you know, there's. There's nothing funny to say about this one. No, I agree with you. All right. Well, it is now time for Dan's commentary. Tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You know, I plan talking about Mexico. Okay. I was going to talk about that. I've, I've kind of written it up three or four days ago. And then we find out about, you know, the border walls and th this her uh, terrible murder that just happened by an illegal uh, immigrant just a couple days ago. I don't know where he's from, but that 
not the point. But so I'd already wanted to talk about Mexico, and you know, there's some interesting things about Mexico. Okay. There's 128 million people live there. All right. That's from a 2016 census, versus the United States has 326 million. Okay. So that's a 60 percent difference. Okay. Okay. In Mexico, there was 29,000 homicides in 2016. There were 17,250 in the United States. Oh, my gosh. Now, these homicides were not just for firearms, but, you know, still. Mm-hmm. That's, they have a 60% less population than us, mm-hmm. but they have 60% more homicides, and they have strict, strict gun laws. Okay. They got hard limits on how many firearms a per- person can own. You can only have one handgun in your home. It has to stay in your home. You cannot get a concealed carry permit. It's almost impossible. There's a complete ban on military-style firearms. You can't have anything that's used in a military. 7.62 by 39, 9mm. You just can't own it, okay? 30-06, so on. There's a national registration for all privately owned firearms. So if you own a firearm, it's registered. No private ownership of semi-automatic handguns over 380 caliber. Hmm. No private ownership of revolvers over 38 caliber. And again, the only place you can possess your firearm is in your primary residence. Also, another interesting fact, there's only one legal gun shop in the whole of Mexico. No. And it's government operated. No. Only one. So if you want to purchase a gun, you have to have a certified copy of your birth certificate, a criminal background check. A foreigner must provide legal status. So... A foreigner can't buy a gun there. Okay. A work letter on company letterhead that shows the job title, type of employment, and salary. Hmm. Proof of address and a photocopy of identification. And for a long gun, you you must be an active member of a hunting or shooting club. Hmm. And you have to have a Mexican social security card. So the real thing that I that got me on this after reading more about it, the Mexican... Has, they have a constitution. Mexico has one. Hmm. It was enacted in 1917, and it says in the constitution in Mexico, 1917, everyone has the right to possess and carry arms for the safety and legitimate defense. So what happened? They slowly created one law after another, then slowly and without notice chipped away at the people's right. Wake up. This is what is happening to America. This is right across our border. This is facts, okay? Uh, you know, I'm still stuck on the fact that you have to you have to have a job. Having a job is a requirement for owning a firearm so you can and and that you can keep but not bear. It's one your of the firearms. it's one of the procedures to get you to a firearm that they're never going to let you have anyway. So interesting. I I didn't know any of that. I don't think Dan. So I appreciate that. Well, we uh, man, I can't believe we're at the end of another show. That's uh, crazy how quickly it goes. I know. I've said so little. <laughs> well, you spent most of the show going over and over the, the pun at the, at the opener. You got me. And I, I'm going to figure that one out. And, and you know what? And Ed had the self-control. He had the real kicker that we were talking about. Macaroni, right? Put a feather in your cap. Call it macaroni. And, and Ed was going to say... Very crafty. Crafty. Yeah, yeah. 
I see what you did. It's cheesy yes. and it's crafty. Yes. And it doesn't but, taste good either. And it's not limp. And it's <laughs> I'm referring to noodles. Yeah. Yeah. Wait a minute. Are we, this still, is... are we still talking about noodles? Macaroni? Okay. Hey, Back I to just, Gun Freedom Radio. Yeah, I yeah, just yeah. read an article about an alligator that crossed a canal in Florida mm-hmm. and he used a noodle. No. A swimming noodle. No. Yeah, they got For a reals? picture of it. There's a One picture of, those, of it. Like, and he, he used styrofoam? it to float. Yeah. That's insane. I wonder what he had that. for lunch. I mean, whose noodle is that? Oh, ooh, yeah, right? Yikes. Okay. Well, we've got to get out of here. So thank you to Ed uh, for his punny contributions and all the work that he does to keep us on time and moving forward. Thank you to our listeners. What we do here wouldn't matter without you and to our amazing guests who take time out of their lives to come and bring us their expertise. And until next time, pray for our nation. Pray for our leaders. All of them. All of them, Dan. Come on, Cheryl. All, uh, even the ones you don't like. Especially the ones you don't like. Be good to each other. Have a great week and God bless. Our founding fathers here in this country brought about the only true revolution that has ever taken place in man's history. Every other revolution simply exchanged one set of rulers for another set of rulers. But only here did that little band of men so advance beyond their time that the world has never seen their like since, evolve the idea that you and I have within ourselves the God-given right and the ability to determine our own destiny. But freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Hey gang, this is Masad Ayub from the Pro Arms Podcast. I'm here to remind you that our podcast is a member of the Self-Defense Radio Network. And I'm going to suggest you do what we do and check out the other podcasts at selfdefenseradio.net.